Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The biggest convention of its kind ever in the UK, Wrestling Media Con 2018, is heading to Manchester on the 8th and 9th of September. Wrestling Media Con 2018 will feature live wrestling shows from Revolution Pro and Impact Wrestling, meet and greet with all the talent, panel discussions from the likes of Inside the Ropes, and workshops on how to get into the world of professional wrestling from former WWE writers and bookers. There will also be guest matches from Defiant, NGW and an NWA World's title defense by Nick Aldis taped for £10 of gold. Other names announced for Wrestling MediaCon 2018 include The Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, Colt Cabana, Sean Waltman, Cultaholic, Botchamania, myself and Ollie from the Wrestle Ramble, and many more to be announced. Wrestling MediaCon comes to the Bowlers Exhibition Center in Manchester, England on the 8th and 9th of September. Tickets are available now from WrestlingMediaCon.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and because Luke Owen is still Googling something to get the correct correspondence for today's podcast intro. I will give you the latest edition of Spoons. It's Spoon Corner. So this is going to be very interesting if this is someone's first podcast. You can now introduce me if you want. No, no. Okay. No, uh, I will uh, introduce you after the spoon. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so iced teaspoon. That is an iced teaspoon. And it has a very long handle. Well, lovely. And I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swear After the Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you on this Thursday where we're recording this episode? I'm good. How are you, mate? No, I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm going to be going for a run uh, once I've finished recording oh, that's, this. Oh, that's your plan, is it? I think this so, This is your yeah. get better, because I... I mean, I don't want to say that I've beaten you this week, but we went to the gym together on Monday, mm. then I went to the gym on Tuesday, then I went to CrossFit last night. Yes, whereas I uh, went to uh, the gym on Monday, and I then went for um, a run on... What day is it today? It's Thursday. What did I do on Tuesday? Uh, you did nothing. You went to D&D. Oh, that's Rather right, yes, because we were going me. to go to the gym and then we didn't. So I didn't go to the gym because I played D&D, then I went for a run yesterday and I'm going to go for a run today. So mm-hmm. I mean, 100% you beat me, but that will likely be a stand. That will be a running occurrence. This is just your your first week. 
Exactly. You've got to yeah. ease yourself in, so uh, I'm told. <laughs> so, uh, look, quick bit of correspondence here. First up from Gareth Jones, who sent in that he had a very weird dream. Hi, Luke. I had a very weird dream the other night that I felt I had to share with you guys. So I started a very normal dream, was going about my daily business. However, whilst out, I happened to bump into Ollie dressed in full Wonder Ollie attire. Uh-oh. As a bit of a mark, I was like, oh, look, it's Wonder Ollie. Are you here to fight crime? To which he responded, no, I'm here to ruin in your day at which point he whipped the cape around and all of a sudden the outfit became black wonder ollie is dead i'm now in danger ollie looking what? like a supervillain rather than a superhero however rather than take over cities or building death rates danger ollie's power was to use telekinesis how he um, uh, telekinesis he could do little things like that would ruin your day uh, he would tie uh, he would tie people's laces together, making them fall over, knock people's food and drink out of their hands, splattering it on the floor, and not allowing the green man to come when crossing the road so people were unable to cross the road. At the end of this, he walked off into the distance with an evil laugh, and I thought to myself, what the heck have I just witnessed? At this point, you walk, walk alongside me and say, oh, don't mind him, he's just fasting again. <laughs> At which point I got up and got on with my day. It was a very weird dream uh, with cameos from you both. Thanks. Uh, felt, felt I should share. Enjoy, Gareth. Where were you? You were the guy who walked up at the right end. Right at the end, yes. Right. Wow. Wow, that is that is a weird dream. I'm sorry, Gareth, you had to have that did you have a lot of cheese before bed? Sounds certainly like it, isn't it? I like how petty I was though. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's like really niggly annoying things just to ruin the day. If as a super villain that you mm. would do just do things like tying people's shoelaces together. I've honest to God, I'm not making this up. I've got a kind of recurring dream mm. that happens about every month where I'm in developmental <laughs> and me and Triple H are getting along well but then I'm sent out to do a match and I'm like but I haven't I don't know how to do it <laughs> oh and no it's an usually, anxiety it's, dream it's usually against Kurt Angle oh well and uh, we have a really good match and I get back and I'm over the moon so it's kind of, it's like it's a it's a nice dream by the end of it, but I'm just I'm really worried throughout a lot of it. I mean, if you're going to go in the ring with anyone, you'd want it to be yeah, Kurt Angle. He could, he, just go, he could guide you through that quite easily. Yeah. These days, though, I don't know. Oh, maybe. Mm. I mean, he did have the best match at WrestleMania. Mm. Um, and finally, in from Jaron Walker, who's the first person to email in with a question for the Agony Arts, <gasps> the <laughs> the Agony Artists, the Agony Artists, masters of the Agony Arts. Uh, hi Luke, first off a quick thanks to you, to, read, uh, to you both of you for reading out my iTunes review yesterday, uh, which would have been Wednesday. It's selfishly become my favourite bit you guys have done on the podcast. Conveniently, I also have a massive issue that I think you guys might be able to help me with. I grew up in a tough family, and being the only boy in the four kids that my parents had, there's been a lot of drama, and now I'm starting to think that my family doesn't care about me as much as I care about them. Throughout my childhood, my sister would chase me with a broom and beat oh, me with it. Oh no, I've just realised what's happening. <laughs> I was given a scar <laughs> under my eye for hiding a hat that for some reason was important to another one of my siblings. And even though oh, I was ready to stick no. up for my sisters any day, even to the point where I would shove a towel in some dude's mouth, I felt a lot of neglect from my family none of them are willing to come to my sporting events or even watch slash support some of the videos online that i'm in am i crazy or should i just have hate a heart to heart with my sisters thanks it's from jaron p.s my whole family watches wrestle talk including my sisters so i just want to give them a shout out if that's okay <laughs> terry jacqueline and ryan i love you three so very much you mean the world to me oh you i mean that got you a little bit didn't it i was genuinely concerned that we'd have to give advice (laughs) 
on someone's <laughs> bad family situation. Yeah. Wow, you got me good. I was worked, brother. Um, uh, that that was a very funny email. My advice to you would be: if you are signed with uh, a major wrestling company now, and they ask you to implement that strife, that personal struggle into your character, I would slap them in the face and then give a delayed suplex to Michael Hayes. Mm-hmm. Just first names at the top of my head. And uh, walk out there. You don't need it, man. Yeah, I mean, this is ridi- what a ridiculous proposal for a storyline. But people liked it. Some people liked it. Um, yeah, I mean, I would not only just walk out of there. I would walk out screaming, "I am walking Armageddon," and just at the top of your lungs to yeah. to, to, to further hammer home that point. Um, and then you could become like, and this is just I don't know anything about you, Jaron. I'm just trying to like paint stuff in my head, a mental picture become a personal stylist because i imagine you dress like a smart emma effer <laughs> wow wow should we get on with the show we're gonna talk about cm punk because he always does well in titles and seo rwwe trolling cm punk this is a fan theory that's been going for a couple of months now i'd say because brock lesnar's wwe universal title reign has gone past the point we all thought it would everyone thought it was going to end at WrestleMania 34 in a loss to Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar would go to UFC, but that isn't what happened. Brock, surprisingly, re-signed for WWE. We don't know how long for, for a little bit longer possibly, up until SummerSlam. And he retained the belt at WrestleMania. He still has the belt now after the Greatest Royal Rumble. So, Brock's title is, his title reign is currently, as of the day of recording, Thursday, 402 days long. So by the time you're listening to this, 404 days long. That's maths. But CM Punk's is 434 days long. So on Saturday, today, that'll be 30 days away. It's a 30-day countdown to Brock passing that accolade. It's kind of incredible, really, isn't it? Because... The infographic that has kind of been doing the rounds, a lot of uh, wrestling fans... get it up here. I bet you are. Um, Thinking about Seth Rollins, are you? Uh, A lot of fans have kind of shared this with us on on Twitter, but um, we've uh, got it here and we put it up into the news as well. So, Brock Lesnar is around 30 days away from beating CM Punk's record. In fact, he's going to beat CM Punk's record. Like, that's a foregone conclusion at this point, because the other side of this news is that Brock isn't going to be at Money in the Bank... And he's not going to be at Extreme Rules. Well, that's that's speculation. That he's not. Yes. Well, it's that's unsubstantiated. But the Wrestling Observer Radio have said he's not currently booked at Money in the Bank. Yes, and the the, the rumor and innuendo is that he's not going to be at Extreme Rules either, and he'll be back at SummerSlam to defend it in the main event instead. So he's well clearing this um this this, this title reign that CM Punk had. So CM Punk in his 434 days had 141 title defenses. That's like one every three days. Yep, that's more than one every three days. I that's think pretty incredible. So that's 141 title defenses, whereas. Brock Lesnar's 404-day record, that as you're watching this, he has had 10, 10 title defences. And this is a testament to how, uh, like, the difference in those title reigns. Because, of course, Brock has had a, a, a complex title run. Whereas CM Punk had a complex in a different way because he was definitely the most popular star in the company, at least to me at that time. And me. Because that was from 2011 to 2013. He went on this run. And 
although he he was the most beloved, arguably, he was not in the main events of these pay-per-views. It was John Cena and John Laurinaitis main eventing pay-per-views ahead of the actual champion. And this is a day where there was no brand split. This was the unified WWE champion. That's right, isn't That's it? That's right. Well, they had the World Heavyweight Championship as well, I think, still around Oh, time. okay, okay. But, like, but that wasn't in the main event either. Sure. So, th- but Brock Lesnar is money. He's a box office draw. He is a main eventer with, with the title and everything. But Punk's reign, as much as I love it, and in retrospect, you know, what, what an achievement. At the time, it never felt like Punk was this big proper draw that's not punk's fault that's the way wwe booked him absolutely yeah he was the champion but he wasn't the guy Mm. um like a lot of um money in the bank winners who have cashed in their briefcases to win titles were often champion but never the guy like punk when he cashed in were he world heavyweight champion but wasn't the guy jack swagger was another one um who else uh, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, actually, yeah, it was another guy who cashed in and won uh, won the World Heavyweight Championship. Baron Corbin, but he never won. He never won, yeah. yeah. So people, there's lots of people who have been champion but never the guy, and CM Punk was one of those guys, even with his record-breaking, at the time, 434 days. Um, so, well, yeah, but whereas Brock Lesnar very much is. and it, like, So the fan theory that's going round at the moment is that WWE are essentially trolling CM Punk. They are, they've kept the belt on Brock Lesnar, just so they can break Brock, they can beat Punk's record, and then talk about how Lesnar is a record-breaking champion. The difference is, though, and I'd never really thought about this until today. When you sort of look at these stats, you kind of mm. see them in the cold, harsh light of day, and you think, "Hmm, yeah, I'm not really into Brock Lesnar's title reign, and I don't think I have been for some time now." Yeah, like of the matches, title matches. It's only really that SummerSlam main event that delivered. Yeah, it really is. Uh, oh, actually, you, I would, I would actually strongly argue that the the match he won it with. Oh, that match was great. Yeah, Goldberg that match, that match ruled. Yeah. But does that count? I guess that's the one that kicked it all off. Yeah. So Mania and SummerSlam, uh, definitely, because of course the Survivor Series match was a non-title affair. It was against AJ Styles. Yeah, could have been Jinder. Oh my god. <laughs> It could have been gender. And and the other side of it as well with Lesnar, and you see this a lot in comments on our videos and you kind of see it on social media a lot as well. Are these people that says, like, not, I want to see someone else be Universal Champion because I want my champion on TV every week. And it's it's a theory and a sort of a, a, a standing that I've never really subscribed to. When Lesnar was WWE Champion a few years ago when he beat CM, uh, CM, when he beat John Cena for it in that quite famous SummerSlam match he wasn't on TV every week either he kind of he was only on pay-per-view every couple of months and I thought oh, that's, I quite liked that because it felt like a special attraction like the Definitely. WWE Championship became a real special attraction that you had to you had to wait for in order to see it. and I thought that was a really good thing and I still kind of have that now but I think because the, the, the run has been so underwhelming like a Lesnar match doesn't feel like a special attraction really at the moment because as he quite rightly points out there there's only been two good matches in this whole run i'm i'm not that i'm not that bothered by it you know what you know what killed it because i always used to look forward to lesnar matches yeah. i was like i don't care he delivers even the great balls of fire title defense against joe i was like eh, i didn't hate it and you have mania and SummerSlam around that the one that killed me was the braun Strowman no mercy match yeah, really and was. i was just like oh that was such a failure and then, you know, his next title defence, correct me if I'm wrong, was 
the Royal Rumble. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, with with Kane and Braun oh, Strowman God, again. What a feud that was. So Jesus. it's it's just like that. There is I I do definitely still subscribe to the don't overexpose your champion, make them feel like a big deal by limiting their appearances. But this is the extreme end of that mentality, which I do not subscribe to. There is a sweet spot in the middle. Uh, and that is, I, I would say that is pretty much all, but you should have a title defense every pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that should be the, the, and like when it's on, when it's on a TV show, that should be a really big deal. Imagine like if, so we've got the stats here. CM Punk defended his title at 110 live shows. So that is that is how shows. Brock, surprisingly, has done it four times because he usually wrestles on those Madison Square Garden ones uh, and WWE likes to promote those heavily. Punk had 12 pay-per-view title defences. Brock has had six. And for Punk's reign, nine... Uh, Nine title defences came on SmackDown or Raw on TV for free. Brock has had no title defences on TV. Hmm. And wouldn't it feel like, I'm not saying this should happen, but this is just an example to show how big it would feel, the contrast between Punk and Lesnar's reign, if Lesnar did have a title defence on Raw. That would feel humongous. Actually, yeah, it would. I mean, because I don't think, has Brock had a match on Raw in, like... I, and I think maybe he had a squash match of some. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they have had a like it's Lesnar's first match on Raw, in I, I feel like that has been promoted at some point in the last year or so. I feel like it has. I might be mm. wrong on that one, but it does. Like Brock Lesnar wrestling on Raw seems like it would never happen at this point. So yeah, you're absolutely right that that would feel like a massive deal if they were to advertise next week. We're going to have not only is Brock Lesnar on the show, he's defending the Universal Championship against. Roman Reigns most likely, but it would still feel like a big deal, though. Chad Gable. Well, well, don't get my hopes up, mate. Enable Gable. Enable Gable. Disable Gable. So... Uh, I mean, what are you what are you thinking for for Lesnar? I mean, if he is going to wrestle at Money in the Bank, which Mm. with Roman getting into a feud with Jinder, Roman Jinder, man, it's the feud you never knew you wanted, Um, and still (laughs) don't. So if Roman and Jinder are doing Money in the Bank, Mm -hmm. do you think that it would be Roman Brocker Extreme Rules, or are they going to save that for SummerSlam and then do the big payoff for this finally at SummerSlam? Well, the the cage-side seats have a rumour, which is what you were alluding to earlier, I think, where Brock's next match is expected to be SummerSlam, where he'll lose the belt, and then they go on to do the UFC stuff, uh, because that kind of ties in with USADA testing, possibly... And him having to enter that six months before he makes his full return, I, I yeah, I think um, that. But the the Wrestling Observer had a report about a month ago where it was WWE want Brock to put over two guys on his way out for the meantime, and those are Roman and Braun. So maybe you have the Rome the Roman and Jinder thing carry on, but at Extreme Rules, Brock and Strom- Strowman have another match. Mm. But you can't put you can't put Strowman over there because Brock would then lose the title. Yeah, unless you so make, maybe it's a DQ finish. Yeah, or you make it a, um, a a non-title match. But like, then why would Braun agree to it? Exactly. To, to prove a point. But yeah, I mean, at Royal Rumble <laughs> when uh, Braun didn't win the triple threat and Kane was um, inevitably pinned, as many people thought that he would be, uh, the commentators were very much putting over this idea that these two have unfinished business, including that stiff punch to the side of their head. Um, it was very much a case of like you know these two are going to collide again down the line, and I do remember thinking at the time 
Yeah, but they're not, though, are they? Because Brock's off with me after me, you're an E. I, I know this. I know how this game works. Swerved you. <laughs> oh, didn't they just? And they've killed Roman Reigns in the process. Good job. So the, the CM Punk is... The, 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 the larger question, is WWE or are WWE? Is or are? I don't really ever know how to refer to them. I, I usually get... The, gramma- grammatically, it's is. Mm. But I prefer are. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat mm. as you. Uh, so... That are WWE trolling CM Punk with this? I because this does have precedence that there was Randy Orton winning the title uh, back in two thousand and four, five maybe I want to say, and that was almost purely so WWE could stop saying Brock Lesnar was the youngest champion ever. Now Randy Orton was. Yeah, Randy Orton arguably was not ready at that time. So that there is there is a precedent set here. But I don't think that's the the main reason now. I think it's a very, very positive um, consequence of this. Not for me, but for Triple H. I bet Triple H is rolling right now. And Vince is, and so Stephanie. They're all loving it because Brock... This is just like a, a fortunate byproduct of Brock re-signing. Because the original plan... Brock was going to lose. So this was never part of WWE's plan, but I bet they absolutely love that it's happening. I completely agree with you. I don't think this is a, a direct shot. Um, oh, you're right. Oh, I've just realised. Is Money in the Bank in Chicago? It is, yeah. That's when Brock will pass it. Yeah, oh, yeah I suppose it will do, yeah. That's in six weeks. And it has to be about 30, it, bro- it would have, yeah, yeah, it would have passed by that point. It would have passed by that point, yeah. Ooh. When they can announce it, maybe they'll do like an actual announcement. That to me sounds like a confirmed CM Punk return. Doesn't it just? Uh, but you know, I'm in agreement with you. I don't think this is a direct shot towards CM Punk, but a happy byproduct of uh, Brock retaining at WrestleMania, which was never the plan. So yeah, the Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. This episode of the Wrestle Ramble is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you will get access to Wrestle Ramble Extra, a monthly podcast where Ollie and I review pay-per-views from wrestling's past. The poll for this month's show is now open and includes Judgment Day 2000, 2001 and 2009, WCW Slamboree 2000, TNA Sacrifice 2009, ROH and New Japan's War of the Worlds 2015 and more. We'll the winner of that poll next week so head over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk to get involved that's patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Some quick New Japan news for you now because it doesn't have to be quick. Oh, it doesn't have to be quick. Well, it's it's, it's dwelling it. It's the Saturday show. Well, I mean, I say quick in terms of like we're going to go through the Dominion cards. Well, okay. what is the Dominion card as of uh, as it is at the moment? What is Dominion? Dominion is next month, June 9th, I think it is. Okay. Because Best of the Super Juniors starts before then? Yes, it does, yes, because Will Ospreay is uh, already scheduled to take on the winner the, the winner of the Best of the Super Juniors, unless, of course, he wins it, in which case he gets to pick uh, who he faces. He could wrestle himself. He probably could do, That yeah. would be a great match, I think. So, yeah, so, I mean, do you want to take us through who is in the Best of the Super Juniors? This was in your news today. Yep, yep. So, uh, there's, of course, two blocks, and everyone will face each other in those blocks over about two weeks and then the the winners of those blocks will go on to face each other in the final in the first week of June I think it is so block A um I would say the inferior of the two blocks although these are all very good people tiger mm. mask 4 so that's not the abushi tiger mask ACH who I love from uh, I mean I don't think he's in ring of honor anymore I think he's been no but really. that's what I first was introduced to him yeah. in Ring of Honor because uh, he used to be in a tag team with Cheeseburger. No, no, no Cheeseburger. Who's uh, Cheeseburger in a tag team with him? I'm thinking of Jushin Thunder Liger, who looks nothing like ACH. Is no, someone else? Can't remember. Who it was I can't now. remember. Uh, but of course, Will Ospreay, as you've already mentioned, Ring of Honor's Flip Gordon. Flip. Flip. As again, uh, the bullet. He's not all in yet. No. This is a Bullet Club storyline. Uh, yo. From the junior heavyweight tag team, Show and Yo, loves Show who and are Yo, really man. good. They're great. Uh, yeah, they only came on the scene last October, and they're super over. Yeah, well, I mean, I loved their match at uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12. Thought they were great. Uh, the Bullet Club's newest member, who I'm not familiar with actually, Tajiri Ishimori, mm-hmm. and uh, Suzuki Goon's Yoshinobu Kanemuru. Excellent pronunciation. Thank you. I'm sure it's wrong. <laughs> and Lij's Bushi. So they're block A. And in block B, we've got Hiromu Takahashi, Marty Skrull, whoop whoop, Kushida, Ring of Honor's Chris Sabin. Um, yeah, point to your hand oh, when so, you well, say I, that. I had a cup of tea, man. People Sorry, won't know which Chris Sabin it is. It's this one here, Hail Sabin. Yeah, it's the one from the palm. <laughs> and um, or you can ask me out. Well, I mean, it's Taguchi, but I can never do the first one. Rasuki. Uh, Rasuki. I would Rizuki say. Rasuki uh, Taguchi. Rizuki. 
uh, El Desperado, CMLL's Dragon Lee, and Show from Show and Yo fame. So yeah, so I mean, do you think Block B is the better block? Oh yeah, look, Takashi, Skull, mm-hmm. Kashida, Chris Sabin. Yep. Uh, and Dragon Lee's very good. I can't remember where I've seen him before, but he's he's a Dragon. Great actually, actual. I saw a, a Dragon Lee uh, gif that was being sent uh, shared around recently. I can't remember who it was uh, shared around by now. Typical of this show, but it was showing like. Uh, Dragon Lee in 2003, 2006, and 2018. And it was just like the man has not aged a day, nor has he changed his in-ring style. And it's just like he's still just as awesome as ever. It's the benefits of a mask. Apparently so. Uh, yeah, so I definitely think... Well, you know, the, the people can pull out amazing matches, but the the real stuff I'm intrigued about is that Skull, Sabin, Takahashi, Kushida mm. quad there. Yeah, you've, absolutely. Um, but Osprey, ACH, Flip Gordon... Yeah, maybe I'm just not as familiar as with with a lot of the people in Block A. I hit Tajiri Ishimori is great. Uh, um, and we've also got uh, the never overweight, uh, never open weight. Sorry, that best of the Super Juniors starts next Friday. Oh, so this coming Friday, sorry. Wonderful stuff. Mm. Um, we've also got uh, Goto versus Elgin versus um, Tai Chi for the never open weight championship. Jericho versus this is Na- Dominion. This is the Dominion, yes. This is the Dominion. Uh, Jumeri- uh, Jumeriquai. Jericho versus Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. The Young Bucks versus Evil and Sonada for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Obviously, they've now gone up a weight scale. They're no longer going for the Junior Heavyweight, uh, Junior Tag Team Championships. And, of course, the main event of this and what this whole show will be built around, most likely, Akada versus Omega 4 for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So Omega was handpicked by Kazuchika Okada after wrestling Dontaku. He said that he wants, he's wants he got unfinished business because of their three matches they had last year. Okada beat him at Wrestle Kingdom 11. Then they went to the time limit draw at Dominion this time last year. And then um, Omega beat Okada in the semifinals of the G1. So this is now, this is the best, that you know, they've got 1-1 one, one, and they've drawn one each so now it's time for the the rubber match so to speak uh to decide who really is the best and he uh akada uh, requested that this match have no time limits and kenny omega requested that it be a two out of three falls match so i mean i'm prepared for this match to go at least an hour 20 you reckon well i mean if, it, if you're not if you're not putting time limits on it then you've got to go over the hour mark right because the 60 minute is usual for title defenses yes yeah, so i would I, I would say it's easily got to go over an hour and if you're going to go over an hour then you might as well push it to the limit and go like an hour 20 um you know i, I could see them doing that so this could potentially be the blow off of a year and a half storyline uh and four matches mm-hmm. uh, and they haven't encountered each other for about a year because it was in the G- G- no, G1 yeah, G1 was, was their last match which yeah. is the one Akada finally year. sorry uh, Omega finally won uh, man I don't I mean this is this is extraordinary I'm so excited about it the two out of three falls is insane it makes so much sense with the the story they've told so far because they've had three falls well they didn't one was a time limit draw uh, it, it really like should preclude a finish to this feud. I don't Absolutely, think it will yeah. be over. I think this is the sort of thing you can come back to, like Akada and Tanahashi, but this definitely feels like the end of phase one. <clears throat> but If you... I was to put a Marvel timeline onto this. But do you think it's the end of Akada's reign? Well, that that's that's the problem, isn't it? I... D- I... <sighs> Akada's title reign has gone past the point... So, like, I... at first, I don't want you to lose it, and then, oh, you know what? I kind of want you to lose it now. 
and then it's gone to I never want it to end. <laughs> it's gone through those that journey. Do you for know what? Me. We could have actually used this as a segue. Uh, going from Brock Lesnar's long title reign into Akada's long title reign, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, I guess. Who has the better title reign, <laughs> Lesnar or Akada? Oh, I mean, that is a tough one. Yeah. Did you see um, my favourite Dave Meltzerism of the week? Was um, someone uh, someone on Twitter asked Dave Meltzer, "You once said that um, uh, Akada could have a five star match with anyone. Could he have a five star match with Big Cass?" And Dave Meltzer was like, "Yeah, I don't think so." Ah, <laughs> poor big he cast. Did try <laughs> poor big cast. Uh, so, yes, I mean, what what do you think? Do you think this is the the time to put the title on Omega? I don't know because the other thing with Omega as well is you've got to wonder how this is all going to tie into All In, and you know whether All In mm. is going to be playing any effect on anything that's happening in Ring of Honor or in New Japan, or whether it is just going to be this 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 super show that's essentially like the greatest greatest Royal Rumble, where there are consequences, but those consequences aren't really going to affect anything sort of moving onwards. But the way that that Cody and the Bucks and Omega and they've all been like you know writing their own storylines weaving in and out of all these promotions so it would make sense for them to try and weave these storylines into their own show as well mm. one would assume but is omega going to walk into all in as the iwgp heavyweight champion it's a tough one it's a tough and, one and would new japan allow a title defense on an all-in show all in to me in my head is like well the card is on all in this this weird alternate reality where we exist on youtube and it's like a, it's a wrestling promotion that is uh, being the elite like being the elite is this wrestling promotion but they don't really have matches and their their version of raw is the weekly being the elite show and there's all these offshoots like you said so all into me is a being the elite show it's not it's not something that i i think new japan or ring of honor would sign off on having major angles play out there mm. nor would nor should i think they do that i think new japan should stand as a separate entity with all in and being the elite Providing context, but not being the the main thing. Mm. I, I so Omega. I I love dearly, and I thought I I thought the third encounter should be the one where he would win it. But they did the third encounter as a non-title match in the G One. And I've got to say, like since that G One, all that hot Akada Omega stuff has completely gone off the boil because it's now Omega and Abushi. This Omega thing has come at a weird time. Like I'm not, I'm not blown away by this storytelling, mm -hmm. as as I was by everything else New Japan did for about a year, uh, and I'm very much looking looking forward to the match. But I I can't say I'm super invested in the story or the characters as, as much as I would have been if this was followed through better last year yeah I, I can i can certainly get behind that what i am uh excited for particularly about this match is that two out of three fall stipulation because you and i on ramble club are well, at least me in particular my main criticism of akada matches is that although they run for 40 minutes you don't really have to pay attention to the first 20 because those first 20 minutes don't mean anything it's all and everything just happens in the final 20 um but with the two out of three four stipulation, you can actually do something within those first that first half hour, those first twenty minutes. You could do a fall within that to make the first twenty minutes more like, oh, what could happen here? I disagree. I know. I, you disagree. I, yeah. I, did you see it in my face? Could, yeah. Well, I know you disagree with me on Ramble Club as well. well actually, well, you agreed yeah. with me at, at points. Yeah. Well, it's just that the two out of three falls uh, mentality is that you just you don't really pay attention to the first two falls. 
because everyone knows it's going yeah, but three. There's, but there's more story to be told with who gets the first pinfall. And you can then use that to kind of like guide the match. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I, I mean, there's there's a lot of plays, lot lot of ways you could play it, and they can't do the usual. They can't. I I would say you can't have them spread out equally. You can't have one then the other quickly then the last one uh, later on, and you can't have the first two really quick. Mm. The only ways I can see this working, and this is so new Japan is if Omega wins the first fall and the second fall. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. But it's it's yeah. still over like 70 minutes. Yeah. Uh, or they wrestle for 70 minutes and then it all happens in one flurry right at the I end. I was going to say, yeah, no one gets a pinfall until like an hour, 10 minutes in. Yeah. So yeah. what's Rey Mysterio doing? Well, Rey Mysterio is on the show, but he has not had an announced opponent yet. Um, so when at Strong Style Evolved, Jerome Stewart was supposed to be on the show, but sadly a bicep injury kept him off the card. He was scheduled to face Jushin Thunder Liger in somewhat of a, I mean, somewhat of a dream match. They wrestled like on uh, Nitro in the late 90s. Um, but it was kind of sort of built as going to be this big thing. But then the bicep injury kept him off and Mysterio was instead replaced with uh, Will Ospreay. And after the match, Will, uh, Rey Mysterio did make an appearance and sort of started a feud with both Ospreay and Jushin Thunder Liger, but also Marty Skrull. So, but with Osprey tied up with the best of the Super Juniors winner, unless he wins himself against Johan Vickers' opponents, it's likely going to be either Liger or Skrull, I guess, mm. for um, for his opponents. Last news story, uh, a bit of TNA or Impact or Global Wrestling Network or... Uh, I, j- I was just reminded about how many names they've gone through. Yeah. Like, I forgot about that for a bit. And now yeah. I, g- I got used to calling them Impact. But then having seen this story and all the different names that come out in various people's what reports. Was it, what was Jeff's one? Global yeah. Force Wrestling. That was it, yeah. Well, that's, that seems to have stuck around, though, because they've got the Global Wrestling Network. Yeah, well, that was part of when Jeff came back and so uh-huh. kind of took over. That was one of his projects, was to create like their own WWE network and kind of create this global wrestling federation essentially where they do have like cmml footage cmll footage on there and you know footage from other promotions on this wrestling network but really it's just become a house for for old tna pay-per-views mm. so which really are, which i'm not complaining about because uh, i could easily go back and watch i could go back and watch t- tna pay-per-views from like 04 05 and 06 i could you could just pick any of those and you're guaranteed to just get some absolute corkers on there well how about 08 because you don't even have to go there. You can watch that on the WWE Network. This is insane. At least parts of it. Well, yeah, like a few spots. Yeah. Uh, So in the most recent episode of Table for Three, which had Shane McMahon, Kurt Angle and AJ Styles. One of these things is not like the other. It's, yeah. (laughs) But they, I I watched a bit of it and Shane and Kurt could talk about that King of the Ring match. Mm Mm-hmm. And Shane and AJ had a match together. The theme is show stealers. Oh, of course Shane was on it then. But you, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever. They've all got like history with each other, but yeah. not like with each other. If that makes yeah, yeah, okay, sense. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like talking. when they did. Two, it's not like when they did the new day. There, there was a bit where Shane McMahon goes to AJ. Oh yeah, because AJ sure don't like to work soft. And AJ looks up at him <laughs> and Kurt goes, let's talk about your punches, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm. I actually haven't watched the table. I mean, I, haven't, I don't think I've ever watched a full episode of Table for three Oh, they are life. good. Oh, you should watch the, the Mick Foley Edge and Christian episode. Oh, that would be fun. That is so much fun. Yeah, I, the, fun. the Table for Three is really good. Uh, the, the New Day one's really good. Mm. They're re- they're, uh, and then the, there's a Dean Ambrose one, which is just insanely awkward. 
as most Dean Ambrose <laughs> things are, it seems. So this this one with McMahon, Angle and AJ, uh, it's like two, three minutes into the episode. They start, Shane McMahon is like, oh yeah, because you had that really great last man standing match. And then they start to show clips of Angle versus Kurt, sorry, Angle versus AJ in the six-sided ring from Hard Justice 2008, back when it was called TNA. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure everyone's going to say, why have you called it TNA in your news? Because it was TNA but then. It was TNA. It's like, you know, Bruce Jenner was a guy when he won the Olympics. Yep. But now, she. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, so this is um, kind of like a, there's been a bit of a partnership between WWE and Impact Wrestling. A bit, a, of, a, a bit, bit of a tiny, tiny bit of a partnership. Because there's also uh, Impact Wrestling footage on the Hardy Boys' latest uh, DVD release where they uh, talk about the the broken gimmick and they show footage from the Ultimate Deletion. And um, was that the last one? Um, Ultimate no, final, no, Final Deletion. Final Deletion. Deletion. Total start. non-stop deletion. That was the one where they did the full episode from it. Yes. Yeah. But I think the final edition was the very first yes. thing they did. So they show like footage from, <laughs> from all of that stuff as well. And then at the end of it, there's like a little card at the end that says, if you want to watch um, the Broken Hardys deletion matches in full, head over to the Global Wrestling Network um, and subscribe um, where you can get that there. It's mm. available on all, you know, Apple devices and, and Android devices. And it's actually available now on Xbox. Uh, as an app that you doesn't can download. say that on the card no are but you getting are you getting commission here no but i'm just saying that it's uh you told me that outside as well i don't even have an xbox neither do i why are you pushing this xbox it's because thing someone so mentioned it on the patreon on, in our ramble community uh-huh. uh, the pledge hammers were talking about it saying like hey you can now watch every tna pay-per-view there maybe they were being uh, paid to, to say but i did say it's like well when it becomes on when it comes on ps4 i may look into it because when it comes on the switch i don't think the <laughs> switch can do anything like that uh, because we uh, just to plug our ramble, I uh, know our Wrestle Plus extra, Wrestle ramble, ramble extra. extra for next month. The current poll has a TNA pay per view in it. Which one is it again? Sacrifice two thousand nine. Sacrifice two thousand nine, which features a fatal four way uh, main event uh, for the W for the TNA Championship, where challenge where champion Mick Foley defends against Kurt Angle, Sting, and the King of the Mountain Jeff Jarrett. I mean, that isn't going to sell anyone on it, I don't think. <laughs> well, but also, the rest uh, of yeah. the stuff's good. AJ Styles versus Booker T yeah. and Kevin Nash versus Samoa Joe. It's just, I, I, I like that era. That was my era of TNA. That's a bit, I, yeah, I mean, I was still... It's after yours, It's slightly yeah. after mine, but I was still watching it very much week to mm. week and, and the pay-per-views around that time. But I was less into it as when I was at university because, like, WWE was so awful at that time in, like, 2006, 2007 that I was like, this is just... I changed the channel. I, I can't even bear to watch this anymore. But TNA was so great. Even when, like, Vince Russo came back and, I, and then I just made me not like some of mm. it again then. Mm. But uh, the... If if you want to, because that's second place in the poll at the moment. It is, yes. Yeah, so if you want to push that forward, of course, donate on Pledge, uh, pledge Hammer. Yeah, pledge, become, become, pledge a, pledging. become a Pledge Hammer and you can uh, vote in the poll. Currently leading, though, is Judgment Day 2000, featuring the one-hour Iron Man match between Triple H and The Rock. But the... So, so what I thought the Hardys thing was different, though, is because I was under the impression a lot of that footage went back to Matt... Because there was the ownership thing around it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Cause you did this the, no, the The gimmicks uh, is uh, the ah, gimmick and the name footage. is own, but the footage is still impacts footage. I see. I see. But yeah, so, so Dave Meltzer pointed out the obvious here. Someone asked him on Twitter and was like, "What's going on? Is the what? How did TNA footage get on WWE?" And Dave Meltzer pointed out 
They made a deal with TNA for it. <laughs> oh. I could have reported that. I could have thrown a dart and reported that. No one asked you. Uh. No one asked you, Ollie Davis. If you want to send us any crap gimmicks, just email me, luke at wrestletalk.com. But bearing in mind, I do get a lot of these, so we try and pick out some of the best ones to read out onto here. If you're new to the show and are wondering, what the heckins is a crap gimmick? Crap gimmick is a little gimmick that we have started here on this show, where we're trying to build up a roster of crap gimmicks you send us in your submissions we read them out and we decide whether we want to sign them to the crap gimmick roster maybe give them a developmental deal etc it's funny if i was actually listening to a book review of um bob holly's autobiography which was co-written by a very good friend of mine and um they were talking Sorry. about so, <laughs> yep there's that name name you dropped there very much he's also just signed on to do um hornswoggle's uh, okay. autobiography as well okay. and he's doing there, there house nice oh lovely thank you very much i'll just pocket that one there um but they were talking about how, like, in the during the uh, the WWF steroid trial uh, days, when they were just trying to, like, hey, we're in a bit of a panic at the moment, they essentially just they had a big creative meeting. They all sat down and they just came up with a load of gimmicks. And they were then just like, cool, now let's find some people to put into these gimmicks. That's kind of what I feel like with crap gimmicks. Sometimes it's just you give us the gimmick, and then we will find like once we've you know got the money and the capital together to start a promotion, we will then go out and source wrestlers who can just play these roles and ruin their careers. Yeah, pretty much because yeah. they will forever be associated with these crap gimmicks. Yes. So, uh, uh, destined to tour conventions. So the uh, we did the WrestleMania X7 gimmick battle royal as um, our uh, Wrestle Ramble Extra episode last month, or this month rather. And remember, uh, the goon. Yeah, that was offered to Chris Jericho. Was it really? Yeah, because that was um, that was going to be Jericho's first WWF experience was mm. playing the goon because you know his dad was a hockey player. He likes hockey. He's Canadian. You're the goon. It writes itself. It doesn't writes it? itself. Uh, also, you don't just have to send in crap gimmicks to Luke. You can send in jingles. And thank you to those who have sent in jingles thus far. We haven't quite found what we're looking for just yet, though. So It's Luke putting people down That's, politely there. Well, well, I mean, how would you do it? Kind of similar to that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our first crap gimmick comes from Mark. I haven't, I haven't read these, so this is I complete... I, I was going to say, I prefer it when you don't read these. Uh, here is the pitch that me and my nine-year-old son Bruce came up with. We can't trash this one, then. Wait, wait, wait. We'll see how we get uh. on. Laundry ladies. This actually could be our first female signee. That's, or, that's right, yeah. yeah. Laundry lady, or if you prefer, washing woman. Um, theme hits, and it sounds like change being deposited into a washing machine, and then the sound of a running washing machine. She comes to the ring with her hair up, or perhaps a handkerchief on her head. She carries a basket of clean folded clothes and she stops on the way down to the ring to hand nicely folded shirts to the people at ringside something like almost like the Bret Hart mm. uh, sunglasses deal in the ring she will take out stain remover pen and take out stains on the referee shirts and at times her opponent's clothes her finisher setup is to drop her opponent onto the top rope hanging them out to dry and pulls them off into a short clothesline yeah. a la Jake the Snake. She can easily be turned heel by substituting dirty sheets being thrown out at the crowd and the stain, room stain remover could be used as a foreign object. So mm. that's laundry lady slash washing woman. I'm going to immediately add something mm -hmm. when she comes out. You don't get this foam. Foam party. Oh, nice, like yeah. bubbles shooting out everywhere. Yep. Uh, some bubble cannons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like she that. comes out rather than like undertake a mist, just replace all that ominous smoke with bubbles. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, kind of like we did with the uh, the the vaping the vapor yeah, last week. Yeah. Uh, the this sounds to me 
like it was on Glow. <laughs> it is quite suited to Glow, really, yeah, isn't it? Which does mean it's a pretty crap gimmick. Yeah, I like that. And I, I do like this. Yeah. I and, and the clothes sign thing writes itself. Hanging them out to dry is good. But yeah, the clothes sign really, really... Because I like it. It's crap because it, it feels like you have just started with the name of a move and retrofitted everything else. Perfect. Just kind of crammed it in there. And I, I, I appreciate that obsessiveness... And at how bad it is. Liked it. Yeah, yeah I'm in, I'm in Because it's not agreement. organic at all. <laughs> it's, really it's, it's really ham-fisted, and that's a plus. I really like oh, that should one, we, yeah. Should we sign I'm it? signing, yeah. I think we I'm should glad, sign. I'm yeah. glad that. I didn't want to break a nine-year-old kid's heart. Uh, this one coming in from the phenomenal J.A. Fane. He's uh, suggested a tag team, peanut butter and jelly. Okay. Peanut Butter is a smooth-talking veteran, technical wrestler. He always starts out the matches with very smooth, by-the-books wrestling. That is, until Jelly comes in on the hot tag. Jelly is a big, 350-pound-ish, young, fun-loving wrestler. He's very sweet in promos, is constantly dancing and shaking his jelly belly for the crowd, and most of his moves are splashing and trying to get the crowd hyped with his dancing. Their finisher is the Sandwich. They leave a Thunder opponent oh. standing in the middle of the ring. Peanut butter and jelly bounce off the opposite ropes and then hit the opponent either side with synchronized cross bodies. Thanks for being consistently entertaining. I'm gonna straight up sign it. <laughs> I, I like I like that because there are a few things crapper and more uncomfortable in today's wrestling world than bad overweight dancing oh it's missing like, in this it day just makes age. me cringe yep. because w uh, like vince mcmahon's there going oh <laughs> i'm like it's just someone dancing man this remember, feels uh, a bit mean-spirited remember dx's fat naked oily guy that mm-hmm. they used to bring to the ring people wonder why i was watching uh, tna more in 2006 because dx was actively turning me off watching raw uh, and then he went to tna to do the same gimmick there as well i think he was one of their creative guys uh, and finally, I think this is finally. Yes, this is finally from. Seems long. Uh, for, yeah, there's. Well, that's the other thing I would say about people were sending in their crap gimmicks. Try and keep them concise. You forwarded me one across yesterday that you got sent across that had about. I don't read it. <laughs> Just, well, that's for Luke. That's for me. It had about eight paragraphs. Wow. Which I love because that is a lot of detail. That is a lot of thoughts, but it's it's too long for us to read out on the show. Don't listen to Luke. <laughs> Send them in as because Luke's reading these. Make them as long <laughs> as possible. Uh, he really appreciates the effort, don't you? Take me away from my, my business emails that I have to do. <laughs> Context, re- like real in-depth backstory. We've got, uh, where's that Kane book? Journey into Darkness. Yeah, it's yeah. Right there. Uh, so this is all, this book is all on Kane's backstory as a child, his upbringing. We want something like that. That's what Luke wants, that level of thickness and detail in a crap gimmick. Mm. So he can read it out uninterrupted on air. Lastly, from Greg, and he suggested the pool boy. Unlike the big leagues, we encourage beach balls and dump them into the crowd before every pool boy entrance. His music is surfing by the beach boys, and he walks to the ring with two beautiful women in one-piece lifeguard bathing suits. Do you want to sign it already? Um, no, 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 I'll, 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 that I'll was, wait. That was a joke. Uh, the lifeguards pass out bottles of sunblock beach towels and sunglasses, which they carry in large beach bags. I'm assuming that is to the crowd. The poor boy is a is in lifeguard swimming trunks with arm floats and a large sea creature float around his stomach. He has sunglasses, flip flops, a lifeguard whistle, and sunblock on his nose. He wrestles barefoot and takes the floats off before entering the ring. The poor boy wants to win, of course, but only fairly, as it's all about following the rules. He would never cheat 
and he takes it on himself to make sure the rules are followed at all times. He even takes further concern with his opponent. He insists that his opponent never eats 45 minutes before wrestling. That they Urban never. Myth. Sorry? Urban myth, apparently. Oh, really? Uh, that they never run around the ring and they stay hydrated during the match. That they wear stunblock and they stay dry. The poor boy regularly passes matches in the middle of the action so he can dry his opponents with a towel and give them water. There are regular segments backstage in which you can see the poor boy smack food out of his opponent's mouth because their match is coming up and they might get cramped. His finishing move is the... 450 splash and he lets the crowd know it is coming by waving his arms in in a certain motion by doing a wave-like motion with his arms sorry i misread that so my first comment i would have on the pool boy is that it's slightly mixed mm. particularly in the appearance because he's a lifeguard because he's wearing lifeguard shorts and he's got the lifeguard whistle the sunglasses and the nose block but he's also a swimmer because he's got the armbands and stuff which i mean if you've ever seen an episode of Baywatch, David Hasselhoff isn't wearing those swimming bands. Like, he is just mm. straight up chiseled and swimming. And hair. And hair, exactly. Yeah, that it's, it's not doing it for me, I'm afraid, Greg. And it is crap. Like, we can't deny that. But it's just, it's, it's it, like you said, it's a bit inconsistent. Mm. Uh, give that the surfing by the Beach Boys stuff, that's more of a beach thing in my head. This is a pool thing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, hit the nail on the head with the difference between someone attending a pool and someone who works at a pool. Uh, Yeah. I I thought you could have made more of the whistle as well. Yeah, good show. Like, if you're going to be a lifeguard, that would be like a more of a heel, spoil your fun stuff. You're going to blow the whistle. Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid it's a no from me. Yeah, it's a no from me too. And if you want to send in any of your mailbag questions, all you have to do is become a pledge hammer by pledging on Patreon, and then you could submit questions to the Wrestle Ramble mailbag, which will get read out on Saturday shows. First up, Will Hate. Will from New Jersey here. Just listen to your raw review, and you guys said you're looking forward to the potential stare down of Daniel Bryan and the Miz. So this is actually on our Wrestle Ramble podcast, as we were talking about this in the outro of the Wrestle Ramble podcast, talking about the possibility of Daniel Bryan and the Miz both qualifying for money in the bank and then having that stare down moment a la AJ versus Nakamura which is what Will is about to reference here he uh, had to bring up that the last Money in the Bank stare down we had was with AJ and Nakamura and look what absolute bollocks that turned into hope this turns out better love you guys $10 Patreon back here and proud of it also considering a semi-vegan diet in the near future any advice from you or your lady partner would be welcome take care so uh, any comments on whether you think that uh, either A, that the feud has become rubbish off the back of that stare down, mm. or whether the Daniel Bryan Miz will f- suffer the same fate. Uh, so, first off, you're a $10 pledge hammer, not a Patreon backer. Mm-hmm. Get the right verbiage. It's a title! It's not something you hold up your pants with, a belt. <laughs> uh, so, let's take this um, AJ and Nakamura. That was an awesome moment that should not be. I mean, of course, the feud. After that, and played into WrestleMania, wasn't good. But the stuff after WrestleMania was that is an individual moment which started a long-term storytelling thing. I have no problems with at all, and I wish WWE did more stuff like that. And I don't think having a stare-down spot will make the rest of the feud rubbish. No, I, I completely. So agree. I don't, um, I don't get the causality here. Yeah, but I, I understand your concern, Will, because they don't have the track, the best track record. 
And I would also say as well that the that AJ Nakamura stare down in Money in the Bank was probably the only great bit from that match. Yeah, that, like that's memorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, you mentioned the exclusive intro and outro to the podcast. YouTubers, YouTube viewers might not be aware of this, but we've recently started. I'm quite proud of this. You certainly we, are. Aren't we, you? I mean, we, I am very proud as well. Yeah, yeah. We are. We're both proud here. Because Luke has started going to the gym. He's been. Te- this is all free, by the way. You just have to download the podcast. Uh, it's like an intro and outro to this show. And Luke started going to the gym on Monday. Mm-hmm. And you shared your measurements. And you were like, you know, this is to get some public accountability stuff. And loads of people have been emailing in like, I'm going to join you. Yes. Here's my stats. So we are doing Wrestle Talk Get Better, yeah. where we're all coming together, and every pay-per-view I'm going to be doing an update on where I'm currently at. I don't want to be one of those guys that goes to the gym, though, and be like, oh, by the way, I've been to the gym today, and then talk mm. about what they did. I mean, that's what you've become. Well, I, I know, but I'm trying, to avoid, I'm trying to avoid doing that. But anyway, so yeah, so if you do want to hear more about that, um, head over to the Wrestle Ramble podcast. Uh, but thank you very much for being a pledge hammer, Will. Oh, also, on your um, vegan thing, I would highly recommend uh, Bosch's uh, latest cookbook, which is very good. It's actually quite uh, quite inexpensive, and there's some really really great stuff in there. I spoke about on the podcast the seaside pie that I recently made, which was a it's a fish pie without any of the fish or cream, and it was delicious. Well, it was done with soy cream. I'd recommend oysters and scallops because <laughs> let's be honest, they've got less of a nervous system than a plant. <laughs> Why can't you guys eat this? I don't get it. It's more e- it's it's more it's better for the environment than eating a freaking bean. Don't understand this. It's not just about. Um, I mean, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to go into a, a soapbox here because it's not just about the uh, the killing of life. It's the way that they are sourced as well. Because a lot of them are irresponsibly sourced. Get some. Get some well sourced ones. Well, that it's an argument that I actually stand by because I mm. really like the concept of being a vegan, um, which means you can eat fish, or at least you you allow yourself to eat fish as long as it has been responsibly sourced. That's you know, but that is certainly one stance to to take on this. Also, I'm not really. I'm not that great a vegan. Um, I mean, I had cheese for uh, lunch. Mm. Rob Ponson, um, who also, on, a, on another topic, Rob Ponson uh, posted up on the, the Ramble community last week that uh, The Princess Bride was on Channel 4, starring nice. the late, great Andre the Giant. That would be a good one to show for a thing we were talking about. It certainly is, yeah, for a hashtag secret project we might be working on, where actually we are now working on. However, Rob Ponson decided to point out, or at least claim, that it's a rubbish film. Ooh. Get out, mate. Absolutely. I mean, I love all each and every one of our pledge hammers, but that, that I cannot get on board with. You're objectively with. wrong, Bob. Objectively And we wrong love you, punting problems. Yeah, but that is, an, that is objectively wrong. But anyway, uh, he has emailed in to say, have we just seen the worst month of Mania ever? It's clear WWE just used Mania to shock, had no plans after all plans were where other results... Oh, hang on. Uh, uh, and it shows... Uh, it shows have suffered, so I can't remember a month after Mania being as bad as this. Can you? Oh, I think uh, this month has been surprisingly tolerable. I have really enjoyed all the episodes of SmackDown. Like, there hasn't been a bad episode of SmackDown at all, and a lot of them have been very enjoyable. And although Raw hasn't had a lot of substance, it certainly had a lot of shocks and thrill power. And a few really good matches, courtesy of Seth Rollins... So no, I I wouldn't say that at all, uh, at all. I think <laughs> again, this is a hindsight. Uh, you, you sort of forget about how bad stuff is in the moment. You go back and you watch, just like last, maybe not last year's, but 2015, 2014. I assure you, that is all bollocks after Mania until 
money in the bank comes around. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, did completely disagree. I think this is one of the better years for a post WrestleMania season. Yeah, I think what Rob's point uh, more perhaps uh, ties into is because we had the Greatest Royal Rumble, which is a bit of an albatross of mm-hmm. in the builds to Backlash, and then Backlash itself was a really bad show. But yeah, I mean, I'm to look at the positive side of things. SmackDown has been very good. It did lead to a, a you know quite a very poor pay per view in in Backlash, but the build to it was actually very good. And as you said, like although Raw hasn't been a great show really, you know, you've given the last two weeks what well, you gave this week's poor and last week no this week's poor last week's was poor I might have been can't remember can't I think remember. It's a might have been a poor by the way like you haven't been giving them great reviews but there has been some gleaming moments to, to take from those so I don't think it has been the worst I think I'd have to go back and look at every month but mm. yeah I don't think it's been a, among the worst uh, Johnny Motter has emailed in to say I was listening to an interview with Alistair Black a few weeks ago and he spoke very highly of the Velveteen Dream and referred to him as the Joker to his Batman and this got me thinking, what are other example of Batman's rogue gallery that could be <laughs> NXT superstars? I've thought of it. I've thought of a few. The following, uh, and these are the following. Lars Sullivan as Bane. EC3 as Two-Face. One I don't quite agree with. Shayna Baszler as Catwoman. I think that's just because she is a woman. Um, Adam Cole as Deathstroke. Johnny Gargano as Nightwing. And Ricochet as Robin. Thank you, guys. I love all the work you do. Freaking hell. I put Shayna Baszler as Killer Croc, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Doesn't have to be gender specific uh Lars Sullivan I mean that's not a Jack Kirby character is it I know we're doing Batman but it's a shame to lump him here yeah I love these questions yeah this appeals to but I'm quite deep in Marvel lore at the moment I'm trying to refresh my memory for Batman villains Mm. uh it'll probably be easier to go so Penguin I would I would say EC3 is Penguin more than Two Face. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a psychotic side to EC3. Yeah, it's gonna say like, and although the Penguin is uh, traditionally a rotund character, like EC3 can play that sort of like politician esque role as the Money, Penguin. Yeah, like, mm. uh, <coughs> what other ones? Joe, you've gone through Joker. Hey, Tommaso Ciampa as Mister Freeze because he's cold. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's a uh, cold psychopath. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other heels. Can you imagine Mister Freeze doing the wave? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like. I do as well. Like that, uh, that requires more thought. Yeah, I, I do like the idea of Johnny Gargano as Nightwing, though, and Ricochet as Robin. Yeah, yeah, I, and that's that's quite good. Um, but that's yeah, that's a very good question. That is a very good question. Why we should you... do a weekend video on that. <laughs> well, WWE stars as Batman villains. Oh well, I mean, I'm going to be going away for a little bit, so I do need to get some content like yeah. in in the can. So yeah, it doesn't date. <laughs> that will never date. I, can I just give my my Batman anecdote? So in the comment. I, in the comments in the comics I've already told you this uh, the uh, Tom King Tom Story I can't remember the writer's name I think it's Tom are you, King are you thinking of Tim Story have you confused the two have I who's Tim Story Tim Story is the director so it's Tom King <laughs> uh, he's the writer of the current Batman comics uh, for DC and there is the, the current main storyline is Batman and Catwoman are getting married and that issue has yet to come out but uh, Tom King revealed the title of that issue on uh, Twitter, and it is Holy Matrimony, Batman. I mean, it writes itself, really, doesn't it? Which is like, it's just the perfect, perfect title I never saw coming. I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, um, but like, I'm someone who goes to bat for Batman forever. Bat, no, it wasn't a, you know, no pun intended, but I will go to bat for Batman forever. It's, it's the Batman movie the studio always wanted. They were a bit afraid of Tim Burton's movies. They finally got the Batman film they wanted, and I kind of you know, appreciate it for that and all of its wackiness. 
but it does feature one of my favorite lines in a batman movie though which is mm. when they are climbing up the riddler's island in the middle of the uh, the the ocean and um as robin's climbing up he says holy rusted metal batman batman turns and goes what he said the ground you know it's all rusted and it's full of holes it's holy it's nice great. that is good that yeah. is good and it would have been better if uh, they had a better batman than val kilmer who essentially just no sells it turning around like this <laughs> with his immobile neck Oh, poor Val Kilmer. And finally, from Craig Roberts. Can, uh, could... Love you, Craig Roberts. He's been one. He's one of our longest-running fans, and yes. he always comments. I just want to let you know you're appreciated. Certainly. Uh, could the entire main roster learn from how the NXT roster works? Instead of seeing the same people week in and week out on both Monday and Tuesday nights, would it be better having one full roster where you could see people less frequently? Instead of being on each week, you would see someone like Roman Reigns and AJ Styles every two to three weeks instead. Instead, I prefer this prom- uh, this format personally, as I think NXT works well when you're not seeing the same people each and every week. So my first point I would say on this is I think that SmackDown does uh, operate on an almost NXT-style system. AJ Styles didn't have a match this week. You don't see the same faces on, on SmackDown all the time. And I, I quite like that. It makes um, SmackDown seem fresher. But also as well as that they are catering to two very different audiences. As we've always said here, is NXT is designed, specifically designed to appeal to wrestling fans, whereas Raw and SmackDown are designed to appeal to a mainstream audience. Plus, it's just the, the sheer length of shows. Well, NXT's yeah. an hour. Mm-hmm. SmackDown's two hours. Raw is three hours. Yes. You, you've only got so many people. Uh, you need to have matches. Uh, but I totally agree with you. It's exactly what we were talking about with Brock Lesnar at the start of this episode. You keep people... It doesn't just have to be your top champion. You keep people off telly for a bit. When they come back, they're not overexposed. It feels a bit more special. There is a balance to be struck. You don't want the viewers to forget about certain characters or the their investment in them to slowly recede. But yes, oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And it would benefit a lot of people to... to to be taken off TV for a while, like you're suggesting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, like, there's so many. Roman Reigns. Dolph Ziggler, you could even argue. Yeah. He could have, yeah. What's your plans for the weekend, Oliver Davis? I have been waiting for you to ask me this because I've got a doozy. A doozy? Yeah, I've got you a know. doozy. I am going to be embracing my inner Ron Swanson tomorrow. What? You're going for loads of breakfast food? Well, that happens every Saturday. No, I will be doing my first ever non-DDT at school-based woodworking workshop. No way! You're going to do a woodworking shop? What are you going to build? Going to... A boat. Build is uh, quite a lofty term. Mm -hmm. Craft, maybe? A wooden bowl. Oh, nice. I'll be making a wooden bowl. Oh, how exciting. Uh, for about six hours, I will be down the local woodworking shop. Uh, how. I know you quite well. Mm-hmm. You and I have known each other for many years now. How did you get involved in this? Uh, it was a birthday present. Oh, really? From yeah, whom? Yeah. We, from uh, my girlfriend. We oh, Excellent. We live two minutes from a woodworking shop. Cool, and it's uh, it's you know that's one of the hipster things that happens in Walthamstow, <laughs> where everything is either a woodworking shop, some fa- like the the same place, the same place. I'm talking. This is not like a run of shops, but the same place will be simultaneously a woodworking shop, uh, an upcycling bicycle store, some form of vegan cafe, and something to do with organic honey. 
all in one place. Wow. That's what Walthamstow's like, and we happen to live near a, a woodworking one. How exciting! Uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're both of us. We're gonna make our own bowls. My bowl's gonna be better. Yeah, you reckon? I think so. I'm good at well, following no, you, instructions. You say that though, but your lady <laughs> partner is super creative. She's super creative. That's that's where she's gonna fall down because oh. she will, she won't follow the instructions. And I I think you can be creative once you've got this stuff down. Mm. But she she'll get bored and she'll storm ahead. Whereas I'm quite content to just follow this to the letter. You two must have had very conflicting views while watching the Lego Movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the, the dad's the hero, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that sounds very exciting. I, I'm very excited, and then it's Eurovision, which you don't want to come and watch with. Oh, me. well, that's unfair. You invited me to come around to your house to watch Eurovision at the very last minute. Well, uh, it it was yesterday. It was so yesterday, but I'd already had three plans. Days I already before. had plans. I, was I go- expect you to drop them. <laughs> I'm going on a pub crawl in Tunbridge Wells. We are going Why at fir- Tunbridge Wells? Because that's where my friends live. Why do they live in Tunbridge Wells? Because it's cheaper to buy houses out there okay. with, an e- with an easier commute to London. Plus, it's quite a nice area. My first gig was in Tunbridge Wells. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, crack out when I was 12. Wow. And uh, I wore. I was so scared I wouldn't take off my big jacket. I was so hot. So hot in this dingy little uh, basement room. And I, I found myself in the middle of a mosh oh, where I... everyone was sweaty and just had T-shirts on. And I was there in this big puffer jacket. <laughs> and then my watch broke. Oh, man. Yeah, that sounds like a disastrous Casio. night. It was all right. It was all right. It was character building. <laughs> well, anyway, so we're going for a pub crawl. First, though, we're going to a food festival. Nice. Uh, because the, the lad who played at my wedding, uh, the acoustic guy, Fred... Um, he is playing at this food festival. Nice. So we're going to go there and support Fred for a little bit, and there's going to be lots of food things. We, we're hoping there's going to be some nice uh, vegan affair for my wife to have, and I might partake in that, depending on what else is available. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then we're going to go... I think we've got seven pubs on the route back to their house. So it's only a little mini one, and then we're going to go and watch Eurovision at their place. Yeah, I feel like I'm being stood up. Yep, I mean, you did. Uh, I mean, actually, I was going to ask as well on the creative side of things. Have you or your lady partner given any thoughts to a event that you've been invited to in December? Ah, no, we haven't. No, well, I, I know two people who've already like I know three people now who've like shotgunned characters. Do you want to share this? So I am I, I. But my birthday falls in December, which is a very awkward month because it's very close to Jesus's, and therefore there's a lot of Christmas parties around. And usually when I decide that I want to do something for my birthday, it's far too late to organize something because everyone's like, oh, I've got a Christmas party here, I've got this, I've got a family thing or whatever. So I just decided I'm going to book people very far in advance. Yeah. So I had this thought. Long-term like, booking. Long-term booking. So a couple of weeks ago, I thought, I'm going to do this. And then I thought, do you know what I want to do? I want to do a themed fancy dress evening. Kind of based off of the conversation you and I had about your quote-unquote 80s themes. Yeah. A little bit off the back of that. My first thought was going to be a Kevin Smith-themed fancy dress. You could come as any one of the characters. I don't know what... You say Kevin's... And I heard... And I thought, don't say Spacey. <laughs> but then, like, what would that party look like? A lot of Lex Lugers. A lot of um, Kaiser Soze's. Yeah, it's just like... Spoilers for the usual suspects. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I thought... Me and, me and the wife were kind of talking about this. And I suggested that. And she was like... 
she was like, it's a bit niche. I was like, but that's what I want it to be. I don't want it to be broad. She was like, oh, 90s movies. I was like, that's too broad. I want it to be like as super niche as mm. possible. So we instead have agreed upon, we are having a Stranger Things themed evening with Stranger Things fancy dress. Yeah, where hopefully the the third season's out, right? Well, I think the third season is either out, is probably out later this year. It could possibly be in uh, October, but there hasn't been an official date for it yet. So uh, I've got the instructions up here. Come as your favourite character, your favourite moment, or even a niche reference. So how does one come as a... A niche reference? A niche, no, sorry, a moment. Oh, you could come as a character as in the lights. In a well, no, I was thinking like a character. Well, you could come as the lights, yeah. But like you could come as a character in a certain moment. Mm. So like you, do, if you wanted to go as Eleven, you could go as Eleven when she's coming out the supermarket with all the egos, like specifically that moment. Okay. Uh, I will. Does she watch wrestling on a TV at any point? I think she does actually yeah so i could come as a wrestler you so could i could do. come as seth rollins okay well i'm sorted <laughs> she, she certainly watches he-man at one point i'm pretty it's, sure it's uh it's current isn't it it's selling stranger things is set in the present day yeah totally, that's yeah. his whole gimmick <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i i would prefer not to tell you no absolutely don't i was just, I, I wasn't asking who as mm. i have not shared who uh my friends uh, who have already sort of picked out who they're going as yeah um but i just wanted to just see if you had put any thoughts into it because i'm very excited by the whole thing i haven't even really thought about what i've i've had a couple of ideas that i've, I've thought of doing and uh, my wife is she's got like a list that she's sort of like currently uh, working away through and thinking about um but yes that that is my uh, weekend plans Sounds and dandy. my plans for december uh brand gore is our first itunes review that's cool brand gore mm. this is my brand or if his first name's brandon Brandon Gore. Brandon Gore. Oh, that's a hell of a wrestling name. Brandon Gore sounds like he would be a bass player for Rob Zombie. Consistently five stars. Thank you, Gore. I got back into wrestling around Survivor Series 2016 when Goldberg made his comeback. So it did work. Interesting. Started watching YouTube clips, then I came across WrestleTalk and I never looked back. Eventually, the Wrestle Ramble came to be and I've been listening since day one is H. You guys are one of the most consistently consistent podcasts around and I'm proud to be a pod swafter. Hashtag push one the rolly. Thank, Thank you, Brandon, Brandon Gore. Gore. Love and it. I'm also going to do the next one because this is also full of our favourite word for a review from Salty Speakers. Consistently consistent. Lovely. You two are so consistently consistent. So much consistent consistency deserves only the best rating possible. Five stars. Stay consistent and keep on rambling. Salty Speakers. Oh, lovely. Thank you very Thank much. You, Salty Speakers. That was a consistently great review. Well, everyone, have a top weekend. We'll be back on Tuesday with the Raw review. Oh, yeah, we'll be. Love you. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.